Hey everyone, Tucker Dixon here with your recap. I love that song. Last week, Carl and Vinny discussed the home of canine abuse, Virginia. Vinny's creep must have been the world's greatest salesman because he talked his roommate into fucking a dog. Meanwhile, I can't convince my roommate to knock before coming into my room. Mom, get out! I'm trying to talk to my internet friends! Carl's creep, Michael Vick, just signed a new shoe endorsement. That's right, with Hush Puppies. Anyways, I have the real creep from Virginia, George Washington, for making Alexander Hamilton the Secretary of Treasury and allowing him to create a central bank, which we now know as the Federal Reserve. Anyways, that's all I got for this week. Tucker, out. Attention parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Dude, this is pretty f***ed up right here. Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos. Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps, by creeps, for creeps. I'm Vinny, your host, and this is my co-host, Carl. Hey, Vinny. What's going on, buddy? What's new? You got something you want to say to me? I do. I do have something that I want to say to you. Yesterday was the polar plunge. Now, for I anyone, was there. For anyone who doesn't know about this, Vinny did a one-off episode with our buddy Eric Zane. Who's buddy? Our buddy, Eric Zane. And uh, the people voted for Eric over Vinny. So Vinny had to jump into Lake Ontario at the beginning of February, which up here in Western New York is rather chilly. So Vinny and I go because I am going to videotape all of this. Vinny decides to lose me right before the plunge so that he could get out of doing it. I'm going to bash your he head just, in He with just a disappeared, mallet. and I don't think he ever jumped in. I didn't see him dripping at any point. I didn't, it didn't look like he was wet. He's pretending to be cold, but I don't see any evidence, which is fine. We'll do it again next year. We'll make up for it next year. We'll, we'll get it figured out. You know what? You know what, someone, you know what Carl? Let's, you know what producer let's... Chris told me? He's like, why didn't you bring your drone? I was like, holy shit, why did I bring my drone? That would have made way more sense. I could have filmed the whole thing. Well, Carl, a couple of things. 4K video. Number one, I do have evidence because someone did bring their drone. Oh, really? Really. Oh. And right before showtime today, it was posted to YouTube. No shit. Someone made a compilation video of all this shit. And I was able to, in a very split second, a small clip of a video... Show me emerging from the lake uh, in my be, Bam Bam Bigelow flames. Computer graphics. Okay. This, I'm not saying that this video should remind you of Sasquatch, but there I am. There you are. Coming right out of the water, son. Oh, you were in the water. I mean, I, I, it just looks like your feet are in it. It doesn't look like you're actually in it, in it but. Carl? It just looks like you got your Crocs wet. Carl? <laughs> anyway, if anybody wants to see the video that we, we made, it's up on our YouTube channel. Um, I put together a video documenting all of the, all that transpired during that day, except for, of course, Vinny going into the you water. You sabotaged me. <laughs> you sabotaged me, and you tried to fucking 
<laughs> shenanigans everybody into making me do it again. Yep. And it's not going to happen because somebody was smart and did bring a drone. Uh, wow, why did I think of that? That was pretty dumb of me. Oh, that would have required effort into your show. Oh, stop it. Like, I didn't bring effort. I had to get up early so I could edit WATP. So I can drive out a shuttle That's with you. That's effort for the other show. So I can get out a shuttle with you and some dumb Dolphins fan <laughs> we to go did. jump in the water. <laughs> we did get on a uh, school bus yesterday, which I never in a million years thought I would look over at a school bus and see that fucking ferret face looking at me. <laughs> but there we go. So uh, I want to say. Tails riding the bus. I want to say it was cold as fuck. Yeah, it how was, was the experience? So cold, Carl. Ready? My legs were numb for a while after until we got on the bus a good ways. Like, mm -hmm. I still couldn't feel my lower extremities. It's terrible because there's chunks of ice and shit in the water. Well, I'll tell you what we did wrong. So, Bukaki Queen was there randomly. Yeah. And gave us some jello shots, which was very nice of her. We should have brought a lot more alcohol with us. We brought zero alcohol with okay, us. Okay, Carl. It was an event for the Special Olympics. <laughs> right. And... I just I assumed noticed, we had way. to behave. I, I even too. I even tried not to swear. Yeah, it was, it was like we got there like 10.30 a.m. I wasn't expecting that people were going to be like chugging beer down like they're going to a football game, but Fucking, they were. At some point, like they have this stage where they're trying to pump everybody up who's going to be there, who's going to do the plunge, and they <sighs> have- That was so annoying. This girl talking and bringing up all the people who raised money. Was she in the Special Olympics? Because it seemed like it. Well, they gave her a microphone. <laughs> she seemed like she was at the Olympics. What sport do you play? Swimming? Stop it. <laughs> no. There was some comedy there. Th I will tell you, though, I was absolutely shocked when they brought up the guy who raised the most money. And he got up on the stage. He was dressed like the QAnon shaman or something. <laughs> and he's like, he goes, first thing I like to say is, fuck COVID! Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> mostly children at this event. And this guy's up there yelling, fuck COVID. And like, then he's right. like, Special Olympics forever! <laughs> That guy was cool. <laughs> that guy was pretty cool. I liked him. So either way, I did jump in the lake. Once again, there, there is, is some evidence because Carl missed the shot. That is the way that you would labor through a lake. I believe that that is you now that I see it. Yes. It, it really does kind of remind me of like the Sasquatch footage, <laughs> yes, you know? It really <laughs> Just does. lumbering it's out of the water. It's a little grainy and it's kind of hard to tell, but yep. Yeah, I he does exist, people. I was frantically looking all morning just for some type of proof, so I would not have to listen to any more horseshit from anybody. That's a good point. There were tons of people. The reason why I couldn't get a shot is because there are thousands of people lined up filming their friends and family. And there so was like a little hill in your yeah, club feet. I, I, I know. I climbed up that hill. I was trying to get any vantage point I could get. Finally, they let us go walk down to where it was. I went down there looking for you. So when I came out of the water. Carl had my towel. He was supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, I know. With my towel to hand me. And, it, like, we were not close <laughs> to being inside. I freaking stripped down to the freaking Bam Bam Bigelow tank top and shorts. You were and in marched. your onesie, yeah. I was in my, my onesie like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. And I marched out to this thing, expecting when I came out of the water to see Carl snarkily looking at me and hand me my towel. Nobody was there. And I had to go and get one of the, the shit towels that they were giving the losers. I brought I my own nice, comfortable towel. So then I go back inside to where all my stuff is. Thank God for Bukaki Queen. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because she hooked me up, showed me where I could go change, and I was able to get a towel because I brought a separate towel in my bag. I brought two. Smart. And I dried <laughs> off, put my clothes back on, <laughs> just in time to walk out of the tent to see Carl standing there with a big grin going, here's your towel, bud. Here's your towel. Yeah, that, that had to be literally 30 minutes after you were in the lake. I could, I would, could not find you anywhere. Dude, I was still so frozen and angry at you. <laughs> Oh, man, I hate your guts. So 
We have a creep off we got to do today. Okay. We are one episode away from episode 100, Carl. I, by the way, I don't like that I walk into the comedy club today to come to the studio and everyone's in here hating on me. Uh, you know, assuming that I fucked everything up yesterday. Like, you I'm did. the problem. You did. I don't appreciate that. I'm many. the one who had to go find here, the footage that you, you were supposed to take. You get here early, and then you start pumping lies around, telling everybody what an asshole I am, and then I got to show up to that. I had to tell them, really? I had to tell them. <laughs> I had to tell them, huh? All right. Okay. So last week, it was what? Creepiest person from Virginia, East Virginia? Yeah, yeah. And my creep was a dog fucker who made his pedophile roommate fuck a dog once. Yep. And the winning creep was Michael Vick, quarterback. Uh, Self-proclaimed dog lover and animal advocate, Michael Vick. Oh, I hate you so much. Yeah, baby. I hate you so much. Mountain our comeback. All right. Well, the official score is still fucked up. I know it's, I think it's three to two now or three to three, something like that. Oh. I'll figure it all out. Yeah, We're, let's figure that out. Video. We got to know the answer to that. That's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. So listen, folks, the creepoff.com <laughs> website on. is still not goddamn moved. Oh, no. And it's not that it, for lack of trying, it's lack of doing on someone else's part. That sounds like a lack of trying. <laughs> I tried to make them do it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I got to have moved to the other server. It's still not done. I'm sorry. It's my fault. But That's I had right. to jump in a fucking lake. We should jump off a bridge. <laughs> you would fucking. I'll definitely wish, film that. I hope that you have to do the polar <laughs> plunge next year. Your club feet. If Instagram. Get hypothermia and they curl up like the fucking shoes under the house of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> That's what I hope fucking happens to you. They just turn blue and crusty. If Instagram ever bullies you into jumping off a building, I'll definitely be there to film that video. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, great. I hope I land on you. <laughs> I really do. I I that would be the funniest way for this show to act. Murder suicide. <laughs> Be great, Tucker Dixon takes over. By the way, Tucker Dixon, that was an awesome uh, recap. Fantastic this week. Fantastic. So it's getting good at that. This week, it's episode number ninety-nine. We are doing biggest creep from the state of Pennsylvania. Our neighbors to the south. Let's get into it, Vinny. All right, go ahead, stupid. I brought a very fun creep because fun, not huh? not only is this guy a creep, he's also a freak show. During the carnival season in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Grady was one of the many sideshow performers who people came to gawk at. Grady Styles Jr. Oh, Lobster man. You're familiar. This would be Lobster Boy. Grady was born with a severe deformity called electrodactyly, which resulted in the fusion of Grady's fingers and toes to form what appeared to be pincers for extremities. This was obviously where he got the name Lobster Boy. Yes, so this electrodactyly uh, forced his both his hands and his feet to look like lobster claws, and you really got to Google lobster boy. So you have like um, clubadectomy? Yeah, I know. I, what is I, it that you have? I, I feel for this guy. I get it. You know, he's in a wheelchair. He can't walk on his feet. Yeah. So he just kind of like crawls around and wheels himself around, and because of that, he actually gets really strong. You know, I heard that he really liked cigars, too. And I think that's adorable. I'd pay a nickel to watch a freak smoke a cigar with his lobster hands. Yeah, like he doesn't even need one of those little knives to cut off the back. He just goes, boop, just chops it and right into his mouth. All right, so let's talk about this lobster boy, this freak show, which it's interesting is that he actually made bank by just being a freak show attraction. 
So much so that he had a home in Florida that he would go to in the off season and just be able to live for months in the wintertime. Why are you surprised that a freak show couldn't make money? I mean, for Christ's sake, we have a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Still got to get to 500 people. Uh, Still got a little ways to go on that. All right. That roast ain't happening. So it turns out that uh, this guy was kind of a dick to his family. Now, you'd think a guy like this. Family? He had a family? You'd think a guy like this would have a hard time getting married, but no. When you got the money, that just goes to show. It's a man's world, baby. If this guy's married. It's a lobster's world. <laughs> this guy's married to a woman and has three children and doesn't treat them well. Screams often erupted from the trailer that Grady and his family called home. Grady frequently beat his wife, Mary Teresa Stiles, sometimes even in front of their three children, who he would at times beat as well. There was no doubt that Grady Stiles was a cruel man. Are you trying to tell me this guy was a little crabby? So he would actually, like, pinch her neck with his, his claw. He'd put his claw around her neck and squeeze it. By God, it's a claw! But He's the, got the claw! If there, if there is such thing as funny domestic violence, and I'm not suggesting that there is, this would be it, though. One of his more favorite ways to abuse his wife was to headbutt her in the face. <laughs> this, is like, look, this is a guy in a wheelchair. He can't even stand up. And he just runs across the room and jumps up and headbutts her in the face. I'd like to think he uses the chair and gets a wheel start. Like he just, yes, just yeah, starts, he just starts going. flying through and then jumps up. Speaking of the Special Olympics. Anyway. Um, oh, this is, this is a fun story. So his uh, daughter was pregnant. And uh, you don't want to piss him off. Even if you're pregnant. At one point during one of these fights, one of Grady's daughters named Kathy, who was pregnant at the time, attempted to break up the fight and separate the two by rolling Grady's wheelchair in between them. Grady became so infuriated by this that he turned his fury to Kathy and beat her so badly that she went into labor early and delivered a premature child born with the same deformity as their vicious grandfather. Well, at least he was able to cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> Holy shit. He beat his pregnant daughter to the point he where she gave birth. beat the baby out of her. <laughs> yeah. He beat the little crab baby out of her. So this guy is fucking brutal. By the way, I should mention that they had three kids. Two of them had the same deformity that he did. I'm so assuming he, not the daughter. She did get knocked up. Yeah, right, right. She, she was the one who actually did not look like that. But the other two would be in the show with him. Uh, it, was, it was a family show. They called it the Aristocrats. Anyway. Um, why did this guy behave in this way? Why was Lobster Boy such a crap? Mary remembered that Grady typically was a great guy when he woke up in the morning. He'd wake up at 8, be drinking by 10, and would be terrible the rest of the day. In 1973, their marriage hit its first end when Mary decided that she couldn't take the abuse any longer after Grady launched himself at her, took her to the floor, ripped her pantyhose away, reached his clawed hand inside of her, and ripped out her intrauterine device. Oh, God, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that guy's gross claw going all the way up? I had been in there before. And ripping out an intrauterine device? That's a pretty far way to go. It's probably the same way doctors do it. <laughs> I'm just picturing one of those one of those claw things where you, like, grab the stuffed animals. It's like one of those things just going in. Do they have IUDs back then? What the fuck even was it? I guess so. Yeah. It was like a sponge fucking... Dipped in it was liquor. Some, it was birth control. <laughs> shoved up there. It was birth control that she had up there. So after that incident, she's like, all right, that's enough. I'm out of here. She gets a divorce. Okay. 
Now, uh, let's fast forward to the yada, daughter. Yada, yada, yada. They got a divorce. Okay. <laughs> let's fast forward to Donna, who wanted to get married to her boyfriend, Jack. She loved Jack. She was so in love with him. And unfortunately, Grady, not a big fan of Jack. Didn't, didn't like him as much as his daughter did. Grady summoned Jack to his home for a private talk, perhaps leading Jack to believe that he would finally get Grady's approval to marry his daughter. Once Jack arrived, he was met with the barrel of a gun and was shot dead by Grady in cold blood. Once Donna had discovered what her father had done, Grady sat and smiled at his distraught daughter, mocking her, saying, I told you I would kill him. <laughs> this was the night before their marriage, by the way, it was, was supposed to happen. Cut it out. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, <laughs> 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 look who's dead. <laughs> Your fiance. <laughs> Did he do a little lobster dance around? What are you just like, stupid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> he inked her. So, because um, even if you are a lobster boy, that is illegal to murder people. So he was found guilty of third-degree murder. If I was his lawyer, I was like, he can't use a gun. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. It's like, How do you even shoot a gun with a lobster claw, by the way? Dude, you could, you could literally do the same thing they did with OJ, where he like, couldn't get the glove on. Like, if you just hand him a gun in court, he's like fumbling it around and dropping yeah, it. Yeah, like, so oh. he shoots, his, shoots the judge <laughs> in the arm, and everybody yeah. goes, oh, crap, oh, guy. There's no way this guy was able to shoot his, her uh, fiance. So, uh, where, where are we at here? Oh, so th this is great. So he's found guilty of third-degree murder. Yeah, check. But he doesn't go to prison for it. He gets 15 years probation because they didn't think that the prison was handicapped accessible enough for him. They sent him to a seafood restaurant. <laughs> the shit of. No, instead he got to spend his entire probation at home. After Just being, being a drunk dick. After being found guilty of murder. Just so being Grady, a drunk dickhead. Yes. So Grady got to serve his sentence from home where he continued to drink heavily and beat his children at the drop of a hat. This sounds like it would be a violation of probation, I, I would think. I don't know. I didn't kill any of them. So the crazy part is, because this story gets better, is that now fast forward to 1989, and Mary decides to remarry Grady Styles, the lobster boy. She had divorced him, got remarried, had a son, and then comes back to him and remarries him again. Mary, surprisingly enough, forgave Grady and the two remarried, and Grady seemed rather decent for a time, but as it almost always goes, the violence surged back to the surface, as did copious amounts of sexual assault, where Grady would violate Mary with foreign objects. Better than the shit hanging off of his arms, I guess. Right. Rather have a foreign object in there. Hey, poor Mary. Yeah, so poor Mary goes right back into this abusive relationship. And she's an older woman at this point, too. It's not cool. And so Mary's had a son, like I said, with from uh, her marriage in between here. And this, she's got a new son. This guy's this guy's interesting. He wasn't a particularly smart boy, but he loved his mother dearly and became part of the sideshow himself as a human blockhead, often driving nails into his face with a hammer. In November of 1992, Mary told Harry that something needed to be done about Grady and gave her son $1,500 to get someone to bring things to a beneficial conclusion. So this guy's basically Steve-O. You're going to hire the blockhead to be in charge of the hit? <laughs> yes! She tells the blockhead son, Hey, I, I, can you take a break from putting nails into your head and face to go ahead and figure out how we can get rid of this son, guy? Son, we told you a hundred times, not the temple. Stop putting them in your <laughs> temple. 
<laughs> so fucking idiot. This guy then hires another dude who works for the carnival. This guy, Chris Wyant, he gives him three hundred of the fifteen hundred dollars. He gives him three hundred bucks to uh, kill his stepfather, Lobster Boy. And uh, I'll tell you what, you keep that other twelve hundred dollars. I'll kill him for three hundred, and uh, I'll have seafood dinners for the next year. Perry took the money and hired 17-year-old Christopher Wyant, a carnival worker who lived next door, to eliminate his stepfather, Grady. The boy took the money, grabbed a gun, and approached Grady from behind in his trailer while he watched television in his underwear, a quiet moment before another inevitable act of violence. Christopher put two rounds in the back of Grady's head, killing him instantly, and that was it. After decades of torturous abuse, Mary and her children were free from the terrible Lobster Boy. They were free from Lobster Boy, but not free because these dummies got caught because that's Aww. not how you want to... Just let them go on this one, guys. 300 bucks is not the right amount of money for a hit job. If someone is willing to do that, they're not good at their job. Don't do that. What's the right number that someone says, okay, I'll, I'll take that guy out for you. But There I'm is no need... right number, Carl. Oh, I thought you were going to say 30,000. I thought it was 30,000. I thought the answer was 30. There's 000. no right number, Carl. I thought it was between 30 and 50,000. No, Carl. Let me know, guys, in the comments. What's the right amount of money if you if you want to hire a hitman? I can pay. You don't want to go cheap. I could pay half of the Patreon. I will hire one today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this guy, Christopher Wyatt, was convicted of second-degree murder, sentenced to 27 years in prison. Harry Newman, the blockhead, was given life in prison for his role as the mastermind. And, uh, and his son, Alfred, went on to be the mascot for Mad Magazine. And Mary was given 43 years in prison for conspiracy to commit murder. You know, it's weird because if I go into a grocery store, they don't think anything of killing lobsters. They're all right there in the tank. They're alive. I want one. Okay, we'll kill it and give it to you. But then you kill a lobster boy, and all of a sudden everyone's got to go to prison. doesn't make sense to me. I'm with you. An uh, abusive lobster boy. A, a very abusive, creepy lobster boy. So that's a fun story. Grady Styles. I was not familiar with that story. Obviously, you were. Oh, but, I know. Uh, who, I knew who the lobster man was. I, I didn't know he was from Pennsylvania. But that is a good story, Carl. You thanks, actually buddy. did a little bit of research. Now, are you done? I'm better at storytelling than I am at uh, videography, apparently. Check. <laughs> okay. Yes, I am done. Go ahead, buddy. Okay. Well, let's talk about a real creep, shall we, folks? Sure. Today, we're going to Philadelphia. And we're going to be discussing one of the most fucked up stories I have ever read on this show. Oh, wow. This guy makes Ariel Castro look like he was ready to fucking bed at breakfast. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. My creep today has been called a serial killer, but frankly, I would say he is a lot worse than that. We're going to meet the guy who the character Buffalo Bill mm. in Silence of the Lambs was inspired by. Okay. A guy named Gary Heidnick. Not only was this guy a big time creep, Carl. Yeah. Male nurse. <laughs> that's how you know all right so that's how you know uh you know this is uh this is a long one kids and i feel like torturing carl so uh strap in and enjoy fun story about this guy gary his father was a creep too gary was one of those kids who used to piss the bed all the time so his dad to punish him would make him hang his piss sheets in the windows so the neighborhood could laugh at him okay that's fun that is fun. Yep. 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 That's good parenting. Leaky Gary. <laughs> Leaky Gary. Well, you learned your lesson, right? Well, no, because he did it his entire life. Now, another trauma that was kind of fucked up was when he was a kid, he fell out of a tree and it caused his head to be deformed. Okay. Like he had a weird lumpy head. So they called him the big head and football head. But this guy football like. Football head's kind of funny. <laughs> but like 
in spite of having fo- fucking football head, yeah. the guy had an IQ of 148. Oh. So he was like smart. a really smart Almost dude. as smart as me. Okay. He uh, was also a little crazy. He joined the army at 18, and they were training him to actually be a doctor. Okay. They put him in like in the medicine corps, and he was so good. They started training him. They sent him to Germany to go like train to do uh, medic stuff. This is in the si- early 60s. Okay. And he starts showing, you know, displays of mental illness. They said he has a okay. schizophrenic personality disorder, and they discharge him from military service honorably. Okay. So what do you do then? You're a schizophrenic who was going to be trained to be a doctor. You got nothing now. You're like 19 years old. Well, lucky for him, God himself spoke to Gary one day. And he said, you know what? I'm calling you into the ministry, son. Ten years later, in October 1971, he incorporated a church called the United Church of the Ministers of God with five followers. He opened up an account under the church. This is all important stuff. Carl, I know okay. it's boring you, but he did open up an account with Merrill Lynch in the church's name with an initial deposit of $1,500. Just remember that. Okay. So at this point, there's nothing criminal going on here. He's just a guy serving the Lord. Sure. Well, he has a type of woman that he really likes, Carl. Okay. There's a type of lady. Asian? African-American. Okay. But preferably with mental disabilities. Oh, so he's like Bill Burr. (laughs) (laughs) Cut that part out. (laughs) No, I'm keeping it in there. He starts dating a slow woman named Anne Jeanette in 1978. Okay. Heidnik signed out his sister Alberta one day from whatever hospital she was in because she was also more severely disabled. He took the sister of his then-girlfriend, from the mental institution on day leave and proceeded to imprison her in a locked storage room in the basement. Okay. After she was found and returned to the hospital, examination revealed that she had been raped and sodomized. Mm. So, uh, hold on, we haven't played this in a while. Sodomy! Been a while since we played this one. Come on, everybody! Sodomy! So not only did he sodomize this poor girl, she contracted gonorrhea from it. Okay. He was arrested and charged with kidnapping, rape, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, and interfering with the custody of a committed person. So, Whoa, you got butt slammed! Yeah, she did. <laughs> he only got three years in a mental health facility for this. Okay. Well, they were trying to fix him. Yeah, well, he had that previous diagnosis. And- sure. So he loses his church for a while. What do you do when you get out of jail for butt raping and kidnapping a special needs woman, Carl? What do you think you do? Start a church? Start another church? Well, kind of. Yeah, he decided to start his church up again, but he also decided to settle down. Oh, okay, good. He found himself a nice Filipino woman in a catalog. He cut out the two proofs of purchase and shipping and handling, and he received his very own mail order bride, Carl. Nice. Yes. What a lucky lady. That union did not last long. Soon the wife discovered that her husband was unfaithful to her with three other women. Additionally, it was learned that Gary not only beat his wife and deprived her of food, but he also forced her to observe him while he had sex with his other lovers. That's what you're supposed to do with a mail order bride, isn't it? I'm confused. What, what's the point? You then? get what you pay for. You Carl. get what you pay for. She wasn't very happy. Okay. So uh, she ended up leaving him, and he ended up getting arrested and yet again charged with assault, indecent assault, spousal rape, and involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. Again, at this point, you might want to lock this guy up. Right yeah. now, he's kind of showing there's a trend that's happening here. Yeah, turns out she actually ended up having his kid, but when she left, she didn't know she was pregnant. Okay, she served him with papers after he was already arrested. And shit. So he gets out of jail 
like a year later again. Nothing is sticking to him. Hey, uh, Philadelphia, what the fuck are you doing over there? So we're going to move up to 1986. Okay. November 25th. He meets a prostitute named Josefina Rivera. He took her home. After having sex with her, he beat her up and chained her in the basement of the house. Mm -hmm. He also dug a well in the basement floor and placed Rivera inside and subsequently covered the hole with a heavy board. Okay. Did she have lotion that she could put on her skin, though, at least, while she was down there? No, no lotion. But just okay. a few days later, on December 3rd, 1986, Heinrich abducted 24-year-old girl Sandra Lindsay, who was a mentally handicapped woman who had previously become pregnant with one of Gary's babies. Uh-oh, retard alert! Retard alert, class! She didn't have the baby because he made sure she aborted it. Okay. But he threw her down in the hole, too. So now he's got two of them chained up down there. He was actually interviewed by the news after he was caught for all this shit. He actually describes what the routine was for these women. Down in the hole in the morning, board goes over the top of the hole with the sandbags, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they stay down there till roughly about eight at night. That was him, ladies and gentlemen. Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. We throw the board over them. They come out around eight o'clock at night. On December 23rd, he brought in another 19-year-old girl named Lisa Thomas. A week later, on January 2nd, 1987, he kidnapped a woman named Deborah Dudley. Are, are these women all mentally deficient, or is it a combination? Just the one. Okay. And the rest of them, they were like sex workers or girls, young girls he just pulled off the fucking street. So at this point, Carl, he has four women chained up in his basement. He's raping them daily. He's not a torturer, Carl. Okay, good. He's not a torturer. If I was a torturer, why would I have waited so long to start a torture? The, the, the torture and the pains didn't start until uh, really after January. After January. What happened in January? Well, he kidnapped this Deborah Dudley, who apparently was a fighter, Carl. Mm. Deborah Dudley made this worse for everybody. <laughs> okay. Because she was always trying to fight this guy. So she was beaten, locked in the hole more times than the other girls. Following Dudley's arrival... He set out of humiliating the four women even more. He not only forced them to have sex with each other, he would call that a party. On January 18th, he kidnapped another girl named Jacqueline Askin. She was 18 years old. So now there's five women in the basement. Mm -hmm. And, and he's having sex party that we're talking about. He's having these parties. Listen to him describe what was going on in his mind. At first, I tried to make it nice, right? Yeah, how, how did you do that here? Uh, I was holding parties here for one thing. Old parties. That's all. This is before the internet, kids. We couldn't just watch five girls have sex with each other just by clicking a couple of links. Well, this last girl, Jacqueline Askins, you had to put a lot more work into it back then. Was uh, interviewed about what it was like for her down there, and uh, this is just a little taste yep. of what she had to say. We ran tape around our mouth and drove a screwdriver right in our ears and turned them. Yeah. He was shoving a screwdriver into their ears? And turning it, yes. But why was he doing stuff yeah, why like Why was this, he Carl? doing that? Why was he doing stuff like that? Well, yeah. nothing was working. I was trying to find something that worked that would make them shut up to stop so, oh, yeah. so yeah. I could grasp What kind of infliction of pain on these women? I was trying to find something that would make them behave. But it was painful to them. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, man. He was just trying to make them behave. You know, that's what I was trying to achieve, you know, to make them behave. That's all. I swear to God, he sounds less unhinged than uh, this other guy. <laughs> that's all I could think of when I heard him say that. Yeah. It was fucking Anthony. That's a good one. So he is torturing these women. And in February, early February, he has five women in this basement. Yeah. 
he becomes enraged at Sandra Lindsay, the slow one. Yeah. And he punished her by tying her wrist to a ceiling beam, and he hung her up there for a week. <laughs> and the only thing he fed her was, like, pieces of bread. <laughs> so this poor girl is up there. She's very weak already, and she ended up choking on the bread. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he's just like, oh, boy. <laughs> now I got a body. What yeah. do I do with the body? Well, he's killed now. According to the victims, they said Gary took the body, made one of the other victims dismember it. Jesus Christ! Put the head in a pot and cut up the rest of the meat and put it into the freezer. He used it then to feed them and his dog. Oh, that's not cool. So he would mix dog food and the slow girl together and feed these women. That's what they were forced to eat. The slow girl and dog food. Oh, brutal. Dog food? <laughs> so the next one to die was Deborah Dudley. Okay. Because she was always putting up a fight. Now, due to her rebellious nature, she was that intimidated by Heinrich. Uh, the killer decided to, you know, teach her a lesson. You know, he wanted her to behave. Right. So what he did is he filled the hole with water. And then he had Josephina throw in a live electrical wire. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deborah did not survive this. No, it doesn't sound like she would. That yeah. sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Everybody is terrified. These three other girls that are left are fucking absolutely scared. But this Josephina, the first one he captured, the one who was like the prostitute, was like, hey, man, we're cool, right? Mm. I got your back. Yeah, that's, we're the, all good. that's the move. That is the move, ladies and gentlemen. And it wasn't... Those two um, are talking shit about you, but I think you're cool. Uh, you should have heard what they were saying about Listen, you, though. Deborah had to go. She was always starting a problem. Of course. We all right. just want to live in peace. Come I think, on, I think Gary. You're making all the right moves here, buddy. Reverend Gary. <laughs> now, I did mention that he did try to start his church back up again. Okay, yeah. Uh, all of this was going on in his base, and while he was having church services in his living rooms on Sundays, he would tie them up and gag them on Saturday nights before all of his congregants would come over to his church. Okay. That sounds, that sounds like normal behavior. No, it's oh, not. It's not, I'm, no, 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 no. not normal behavior. So Josephine is befriending Gary, acting like she's an ally with Gary to the other girls. She helped him kidnap another girl. Oh, now she's going too far. <laughs> On March 23rd, 1987, they grabbed a girl named Agnes Adams. She's 18 years old. Okay. Her name is Agnes? Yeah. Oof. Not a good name. Not a good name. Not a good name. No wonder she was walking by herself. The next day, Rivera... Josephina convinced him. Now, this is how crazy and dumb this man is. Even though he's supposedly he a genius. Yeah, I thought he was smart. This is why I think he's crazy and stupid. Okay. Rivera convinced him to let her go visit her family. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. Yeah. Yeah. He drove her to a gas station, said that he would wait there for her. Instead, she walked to her boyfriend's house. She'd been missing since, like, the fall. Now it's early spring. Goes to her boyfriend's house, and he was going to go beat the shit out of Gary at the gas station, but he called the cops instead. Yeah. The cops show up, and they rescued the girl. And would you like to know what they found in the house? Um, other women. They found the other women, <laughs> but then they also found this. Investigation. Police found 27 pounds of body parts inside Heidnick's freezer. That's <laughs> right. He had kept uh, body parts because he was legitimately feeding both of these women. Yeah. To the other women. Wow. He was trying to create his own ecosystem there, I guess. So he gets arrested, 
And his argument is fantastic. Would you like to know what he said? Yes, I would. He claimed that the women were there already when he moved in. Oh, well, what'd you, they what were already you do the basement? Then? That's their home. That's where they live. What am I supposed to do about it? <laughs> Um, did people believe him when he said that? Uh, no. Oh, no, no, they did not. The defense tried to pass him off as an insane person. Well, yeah, I, I, w- I would agree. But would you like to know how they proved he wasn't insane? I thought he was. I thought he was. I think he's insane. But remember that account I told you about where he had fifteen hundred dollars in it? Yeah. This motherfucker was a whiz at the stock market. He turned that into half a million bucks. Nice. He had a half a million dollars sitting in the bank. From just investing and like talking to his accountant every single day and keeping meticulous records about all of his finances. Reaganomics, man. So they're just like, this guy, he's not crazy. He knows how to handle all this shit. He's an astute person. Yeah, but you can be good at numbers and not good with like people and things, right? Yeah. Would you like to know uh, what his lawyer, Chuck Peruto, ascribed the motive of all of these kidnappings to? I'd love to know that. Yes. He wanted to have a perfect race, according to him, of children. Right. From these women. He was going to create his own super race with these four prostitutes in his basement in Philadelphia. But that doesn't make any sense. Not at all. This doesn't make any sense, Rick. Especially because he was taking the dumb ones. Ain't no fact checking. Well, he was found guilty on two counts of first-degree murder, six counts of kidnapping, five counts of rape, four counts of aggravated assault, and two counts of involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. He was sentenced to death and incarcerated at the State Correctional Institution at Pittsburgh. In January 1989, he tried to commit suicide. He didn't get, do it successfully. He was never officially, like, diagnosed. So we don't know what the fuck is wrong with him. I thought you said he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. That's what the army the said. Yeah. That's what the army said. But, like, the doctors, after he was put into fucking prison and shit, never diagnosed what the fuck is really going on here. And uh, the judge, after this case, was asked her recollection of it. You had to say to yourself, this guy is really whacked. <laughs> Thank you, Your Some Honor. Dynamite insight there. So I got great news, everybody. He was uh, executed by lethal ejection on July 6, 1999. <laughs> USA! USA! Uh, as of 2021, he was the last person to have been executed by the state of Pennsylvania. That is my creep, Gary Heidnick, the basement killer. All right. That's a fun creep. It's no lobster boy, but uh, well done, Vinny. And yeah, did the lobster boy feed people to other don't people? Don't forget. That he was just fucking don't raping? Don't forget to vote for who you think brought the bigger creep from Pennsylvania, and you can do that on our Patreon site still. Apparently, yeah. Patreon.com slash the creep off. There it is, folks. Those are our creeps this week. Carl, uh, are you ready for some voicemails? I am. Here we go. The Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the City of Syracuse. Congratulations to the women's basketball team on a new attendance record. Most of their parents showed up. See you in Syracuse. Congratulations to the women's team. Hey, delivery driver Noah here calling from a $10 tip. Uh, As a resident of Virginia, I am happy that we got some representation from you guys, but... I'm going to be honest, man. Just animal abuse? Like, you're going to tell me that there isn't, like, some fucking prolific child fucking rapist or something that also decides to murder fucking old people? Like, come on. Anyways, uh, what what is it? Thank you, fuck you, boss. That's Don't it. Don't call me back. You nailed it. Now, Carl, 
I think it was very strange that we both picked like dog. It was weird, yeah, weird coincidence. It was not planned. I found that guy that morning. Of I changed my creep. I was going to do Chris Brown. You were, and just to answer that gentleman's question, are there people who rape children and, and ser- serial killers from Virginia? Yes, of course there are. I we can't do that story every week. Yes, it's we try to much. keep it fresh. It's too much. You got to keep these crimes fresh. Try to have some fun over here. Um, all right, I have a. Uh, <laughs> I have a voicemail that came in. Remember how last week I mentioned that I don't have any photos of my uh, genitalia on my phone? Yeah. I thought it was, you know, I think, I don't know if that's normal or not. Uh, Do you have a bunch on there now? Well, Carl, the reason you don't have a picture or multiple pictures of your cock on your phone is because either you're married, which is, I think, true. But even then, why are you not sending your wife dick pics like while she's at work? You know anything about foreplay? You know, building up some, uh, building up the mood. You don't know anything about women, Carl, or you just have this like freakishly weird clubbed, clubbed cock. Is that what you got, Carl? Clubbed cock. Yep. Tell you what, we should put together a contest. Okay. Uh, all the fans submit their best dick pic. No. Okay. And uh, pass. We vote on these dick pics. Yep. And uh, you throw yours in the mix. Mm Hmm. And what we'll do as the nicest dick in the creep off. It'd be a nice creepy contest for creepy creeps. And if you disagree, you're fucking gay. Well, I don't want to be accused of being gay. So what is I... this? The Howard Stern show? We got to do all the cock <laughs> October. Shit. The fuck out of here, dude! If we don't do it, we're gay, though. That's what the guy just said. So I guess we all have to do a. Well, a you dick, could be in charge of that contest, a Carl. Dick pick contest. I'm sure your dick would be very easy to pick out of a lineup. <laughs> It's the only one wearing braces. <laughs> yep. All you had to do was follow Vinny into the water. That's all you had to do. Follow him into the water. You video that, and you follow him walking out of the water. It's pretty simple. I'm pretty sure a five-year-old could have done it. Thank you, ma'am. I didn't have the wristband. Vinny told me I couldn't follow him because I didn't have the wristband, so he sent me off in some horrible direction where I couldn't get a vantage point. Okay, so the the fact is that is half true. It's 100% true. They said to everybody that was actually participating in the swim, you have to go this way. Carl was not participating That's true. in it. I wasn't. So and, he couldn't go that way. Everything was roped off and fenced off, and there was a lot of security there for some reason. Like, what are you, afraid someone's going to jump in who didn't, whatever, raise money or something? What's the oh, difference? Oh, dude, they were very careful. You had to give them their, you had to give mama their money. Yeah. They really wanted that cash. Which is funny because at any other time you could just jump into the lake and you know to give anyone any money to do that. Nope. All right. So those are our voicemails this week. Okay. I agree with that last call. Do you have any more, Carl? That's it. All right. Let's do a scum parade. Yeah. Why don't you hit the the song that you have? Because that one's really uh, just a fun thing. Driving children. Off cliffs. Ray Biddy Ray. how that should end east windsor i believe this is new jersey it is just call him bonnie and clydesdale so this is the very first sentence of the article 
It's my favorite sentence in any article. It's a pretty good, pretty good pun that they have to start this off. They could not stop themselves from putting this. I'm going very to read sentence. this story as is because I got to tell you, whoever wrote this one, yeah, had fun. I, I like this. I like this approach to news. Okay. All right. Just call him Bonnie and Clydesdale. Repeat sex offender Mitchell Richmond allegedly filmed himself performing fellatio on a horse 21 times. Do you think he got good at it eventually? There's no way this guy's good at the fellating horse, a horse. Let him come back. Well, I feel bad for the horse because they have to pretend that they're getting a great blowjob. You don't want to hurt the guy's feelings. Like, oh, you know, yeah, no, this is great. Listen, you're the best at this. I'm just going to say, when it comes to horse cock, there's going to be teeth. If you're trying, it's going to be a toothy blow. I can't imagine anyone's giving a horse a good blowjob. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, maybe prove us wrong, folks. <laughs> no, don't prove us. <laughs> All right, we're either going to do a dick pic contest or you're going to flay a horse and we'll do it. All right. Next week on the creep off. <laughs> All right. So according to a probable cause affidavit obtained by the uh, Trentonian, authorities say uh, also sees thousands of images of ki- videos of kitty porn. Okay. <laughs> after searching his, uh, his uh, Ithaca place home. So I just want to point out that they were so in love with the pun body and Clydesdale. They lead with that. Turns out this guy is a horrific CP collector. Horrific. Maybe they should take this a little more seriously. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But all right. Whatever. The person who wrote this article, can we get them on the creep up? (laughs) I I think that this person would enjoy our show. So I just want to say this, though. They are right to do that. Sure. Because this is the more appalling of the things. Like, could you imagine the cops trying to put the cuffs on this guy and he's just wearing some t-shirt he blew a horse in (laughs) that's just covered in, like, white crusty shit? Well, you're assuming that the horse finished. That's true. Just try to try to cuff him, and every time he moves, you just hear crunchy noises from Ugh, his shirt. Yuck. Ew. They got a tip from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children that a kick user uploaded three files containing child pornography. According to court records, authorities subpoenaed the service provider and tied the IP to Richmond, who apparently had convictions for sexual misconduct against children. They raided his home January 27th, collected a stable of evidence. Ew. Come on. Come on. Not bad. Yep. 1,000 to 100,000 child exploitation videos and images and a bonanza of bestial videos of Richmond blowing the horse. Uh, Prosecutors are seeking to detain the serial sex offender who is charged with possessing the pornography and child porn and animal cruelty. I do want to point out, I like that there's a huge range in there to say somewhere between 1,000 and 100,000 videos because that tells me they didn't watch every single one of them. And have a specific count. I always hate when they're like, and there were 32,347 images of CP finally the computers. Like, who's counting this? Why are you counting this? They should count that because they give you time for each one, which is awesome. No, it should just be infinity. Oh. If you have one, one or more, it's infinity time. Yep. I agree. Or just chop the guy's balls off. Isn't that really the way we should go with this? Well, I'm just going to say that this guy is a real ne'er-do-well. I see what you did there. I thought it was interesting that New Jersey finally banned bestiality in 2015. Take your time there, New Jersey, whenever you want to do that. They had more problems. The whole Rico shit. Yeah. If the mob had been blowing horses, they would have gotten to it quicker. Either way. There are two states that still have not banned bestiality in the country. Congratulations, New Mexico and West Virginia. West Virginia. You're still free. I, I was not surprised at all. That West Virginia was on that list. It is a man's God-given right to love his horse. (laughs) All right. So uh, let's go down to Florida, shall we? Yep. A 14-year-old autistic boy in Florida was reportedly found inside a cramped 6-by-10-foot shed. Mm. 
not just playing with his G.I. Joes. No? Living back there, along mm. with a bucket of human feces and canned food. He was caged there by his own father, Harry Richard Shoemaker, and by his girlfriend, Jennifer Ann Hines. Hold on a second. Harry Richard Shoemaker. Harry Dick is this guy's name. That's made up, right? What's his girlfriend's name? Annie Position? <laughs> Dixie Wrecked? Amanda Hug and Kiss. <laughs> Jenny Talia? What's her name? Jennifer Ann Hines. Harry Dick. So I, if I was this guy, I'd have anger issues, too. The Chi Department of Child and Family Services realized the boy was locked in the shed following a visit to the house after a complaint was raised by the boy's grandmother. Mm. The boy was caged in a 6 by 10 foot room with canned food, a bed covered in food wrappers, scattered tools, and a bucket containing human feces. The shed only has one window and a vent. It was very hot, and there was no electricity. There was plumbing and no toilet. No plumbing. I'm sorry. No plumbing. And according to a report in The Sun... When the alleged victim was asked by Arcadia police where he used the restroom, he said, I, if I have to urinate, my dad makes me go in the yard. Mm -hmm. If I have to do something else, he makes me walk to the closest store to use the restroom. All right. I would imagine the store is nice enough. You just can't let your kid in the house take a shit at least. <laughs> you can't let the kid have a little bathroom time. I have to admit, Minnie, when I read this article, because this happened in January, I was a little bit jealous that the shed was hot. It's like, oh. It'd be so nice right now living oh, in Florida in a hot shed. Could be worse, buddy. Could be in Lake Ontario. He was locked in this thing, Carl, because they had to forcibly open the door to oh, get him okay. out. Harry Dick Shoemaker, aged 44, said he only locked him in there in case of, uh, you know, if a fire started. Oh, that doesn't make any was, sense, sir. I just, I keep him locked in there for safety, for in case of fire. Isn't it funny that this guy didn't have a good excuse? He never thought that, like, maybe she'd come up with, like, some type of excuse. Like, oh, he likes to play Anne Frank. It's just a game he plays. Something other than something that doesn't make any sense at all. He then decided to try to justify this to the police because he said the boy uh, has abnormal behavior. Mm -hmm. The boy told the police that he was previously locked in another room of the house and that it was the father's girlfriend's idea to lock him in the shed. Yeah, I mean, square footage comes at a premium. Square footage is important. She wanted to have a sewing room. <laughs> right. I hope it was like for something really <laughs> shitty like puzzles. <laughs> It's, our, yeah. it's my puzzle room. No, it's just yarn. She just crochets all day long. I hope she built a podcast studio. <laughs> She's just did a podcast. I listen to that. Yes, I like to hear her thoughts on things. Season one has a screaming child in the background. Season two? Nope, gone. Took care of that problem. Maybe Seamus should have learned a thing or two here. Claiming his father was hesitant at first, but then went along with the idea. The couple was also not feeding the boy properly. Arcadia Police Department Lieutenant Troy Carrillo said when talking to the victim... He explained to us, he was like, hey, do you see that bottle of water that was in there? We were like, yeah. And he goes, I was saving that for the weekend because I knew it was the only thing I was going to have to drink the entire time. Oof, what a fun weekend that is. What a party. Oh, I get to drink some water. Carl's at home, like, just looking at a bottle of Casamigos, like, saving this for the weekend. Yeah. And this kid's like, I have this. It's a little different. Aquafina. According to the police, the alleged victim had only eaten a packet of pistachios the day he was rescued. When questioned, the girlfriend, Heinz, age 36, claimed that she did not know anything about the shed. Smart. Shed? What shed? <laughs> I was recording my podcast. Yeah. She had no knowledge of anything going on and tried to distance herself from the situation. But when we spoke to the victim, he told us what her part was. Shoemaker and Heinz are facing felony charges of cruelty towards a child, aggravated battery on a child. And the boy is currently in the care of his grandmother in New York. Very good. I mean, bet you that cooled him off. Yeah, right. Exactly. He's like, oh, the shed wasn't all that bad. Uh, Carl, well, at least it was 80. <laughs> at least it was sunny and 80 out. Is there anything that a good friend of yours can do that would just flip the switch and just make you want to murder them? 
There's there's a few things, sure. Yeah. Mm. Here's a story really about friendship and how fragile it could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, if I've been drinking and someone does something that pisses me off, I get very angry about it, as you know. It I gets, know you gets real violent. Well, an Iowa man has been sentenced to life behind bars for repeatedly running over an acquaintance with his truck. Okay. Yep. That's murdering someone. And he killed him after a heated argument that stemmed from a squirt of mayonnaise on a sandwich. Christian Erlbacher, 29 of Woodbine, was sentenced to a mandatory life sentence on Monday for the 2020 murder of 30-year-old Caleb Solberg of Moorhead, Des Moines. He was convicted in December of first-degree murder for the incident, which began with the two drinking and eating at a bar with another person. After Erlbacher put mayonnaise on Solberg's meal, the two then got into a fist fight. So you are correct. He squirted mayonnaise on the other man's sandwich. I didn't read that two or three times. I'm like, what? what is going on here? Why is there such an argument over this? The two then got into a fist fight over this. Yeah. The judge wrote in the verdict, Erbacher eventually left in his truck but spotted Solberg outside a cafe later that evening while driving from the bar. Erlbacher had apparently called Solberg's brother, Craig Pryor, twice to threaten both brothers and specifically declared that he'd like to shoot Solberg with a shotgun. So this guy's all pissed off because they got into this fist fight because he squirted mayonnaise on the guy's sandwich and he didn't want it. But I would tell you this. Yes. Carl has a short list. If you put a fucking pickle on my plate, I'll goddamn skin <laughs> you alive. A fork right in your eyeball for Fuck a fucking yeah. pickle. Put a pickle near my goddamn food. I dare you. <laughs> fucking dare you. Um... So when you are going to murder someone, what you don't want to do is threaten murder prior to that. Right. Because it's going to make it seem like maybe you want to kill them. Well, he said he'd like to shoot him with a shotgun. Yeah, you shouldn't say that. And he was still upset about the fight. Now, he saw Solberg and just decided to run him down with his truck. And he drove off. But Solberg survived that. Mm -hmm. And Earl Bacher then decided to turn back to run over his pal two more times. That's what did it. One of these. Yep. And hold on. <laughs> Reverse. One of those. Then he called Solberg's brother mm. to inform him that he killed his sibling. So I, maybe the issue isn't threatening to kill someone. It's actually murdering them and then calling someone to tell them that they, hey, by the way, I just murdered your brother. Actually, I, I have a portion of that phone call. Oh, good. Yeah, I have the audio from it. So very insensitive. Yes, he uh, he claimed that the reason he did this was that he blamed it on the alcohol. Yeah, the attorney said he was drunk as the defense. Now, Vinny, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, drunk driving is also really bad, right? Guilty. I don't I, <laughs> guilty, Your Honor. I, I I'm pretty sure that like when a drunk driver hits someone and kills them, it's even worse than if they weren't drunk and they hit someone and killed them. So why would that be the defense? No, it's okay. He was driving drunk. He was hammered. He's blackout drunk. It's fine. I think they were just trying to say that he was his mental capacity was gone, so therefore he shouldn't be convicted of what he did and that he was just a drunk and he should yep. go to rehab. Not how that works. Running someone over with the vehicle Not how three that works. times. You can't just take a bunch of drugs and, and alcohol. And ruin their dinner. And then do whatever you want because you're on drugs and alcohol. Not not how that works. Unless Could if, you imagine being murdered by the guy who ruins your last meal? Seriously, that's what I mean. That's what's so weird about this. And I gotta say, this is so poorly written. Who even knows? 
because some of these articles that we find and and sometimes like you struggle reading them because they're just poorly written. And, you know, I go in and I try to like reword this shit and I lose my own place because I fuck myself up. Well, because none of it makes sense sometimes. So I don't know if the reporting's all that good. Well, all I'm going to say is this. Bring a fucking pickle near me. All right. Listen, you understand what will happen? Vinny would rather see a dick pic than a pickle. Now, this is a fun story. I believe in deterrence. I think we both do. Setting an example, creating a deterrent is always a positive thing. Yes, that's just good parenting. Yes. Now, two California parents pled not guilty to charges related to the gruesome murders of two of their children, whose decapitated bodies were left for days with their surviving siblings. What's the point of killing your kids if you can't use that to scare the others into behaving well? Carl? You know, that's what I was trying to achieve, you know, to make them behave. That's all. That's all. Yeah, it makes sense. Maurice Taylor Sr., 35, and Natalie Brothwell, 45, are facing murder charges for the 2020 killings of son Maurice Jr., 12, and daughter Malika, 13. The couple is also facing child abuse charges for their two sons, ages 8 and 9, who were shown the bodies of their siblings and locked in a room without food. <laughs> that'll, that'll hurt them. Oh, you're hungry? Why don't you go <laughs> tell it to uh, Maurice Jr. over there? Yeah. Hey, Malika, would you like a sandwich? Oh, wait, you don't have a mouth. I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> Jesus. So the couple pled not guilty on Wednesday. Taylor, a personal trainer in Santa Monica, has been holding virtual sessions with clients from his Lancaster home. Some customers alerted cops to a possible gas leak when they hadn't heard from him in several days, which is very strange. Thank you. I wrote that. Entire sentence on my notes here with the question mark, what? What does that mean? So the guy does virtual training sessions, and because he hadn't come on in a couple of days, they thought there was a gas leak? Why? It makes no sense to me either. That's what I mean. These, these articles are so poorly written. This one in particular gives zero information about anything. There's, there's no details. Where were these kids' heads? They said that they were decapitated. What do they do with the heads? Well... I don't know what they did with the heads. I don't know either. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't tell you anything. Well, the the trial is about to start. They both pled not guilty. So the more facts will come out in this case. Did anyone talk to the surviving children? Is there any information about any of this? If I'm that, I might keep my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> I'm not saying shit, Jack. Oh, man. I, uh... I just, they said that the, the firefighters showed up to investigate the gas leak, and they found the bodies of the decapitated kids. And then the other kids were apparently forced to live in view of their remains for five days. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. You know what? We all have a tough childhood, all right? I, I don't always want to be the guy to say kids these days. <laughs> but here we are, bunch yeah, of the pussification of America. Exactly. Deal Jeez. with it. So they are behind bars, and they have a bail set for $4.2 million. And I believe this guy wants to defend himself. So this Oh, yeah, that's the other fun part that about this. That should be fun. Yeah, the guy's insisting on defending himself. Well, I'm the sure other that... one took the other one's head off. Uh, yeah, I'm... <laughs> it was a murder-suicide. <laughs> it was a seesaw accident. It was happened. It's crazy. That's uh, great. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Scum Parade for this week. Thank you. Thank you again. I cannot believe we're almost to 100 episodes. Carl. That's right. Next week, episode number 100. What are we doing to celebrate? Anything? I was thinking it'd be fun to do the biggest creep from Rochester. We've never done that before. Celebrate oh, yeah. our own hometown. That's a good idea. We could do that or... We could just, you know, take the week off. Um, I call Mayor Lovely Warren. <laughs> I call Michael Megason. <laughs> okay. Google that fucking weirdo. All right. All right, kids. So uh, that's that. We'll be back next week with episode 100. Don't forget, the race to 500 is still happening, and it is a uh, trickle. 
Thank you to everybody who so far we lost a lot of people on the first. Yes, we did. And now we're back up to where we were at the first. Yeah, what happens with Patreon is everything always kicks in on the first of the month. That's when you get charged. And if your credit card expires, then it just drops off. And then you have to go in and re put in your credit card information again. Yeah. It's so bizarre. We do appreciate you coming back. Thank you. We yes. love you guys. All of our patrons, you are fantastic. Remember to vote at Patreon, uh, the creepoff.com backslash Patreon this week, and we will be back with episode 100 next Monday at noon. Wait, where did you tell people to go? The pa- the creepoff.com slash Patreon? Oh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> Holy shit. You're in charge of the website? Maybe we should find someone else to be in charge of the website. Yeah, Maybe I, I should w- take that naturally over. Naturally, it should be you, but I feel <laughs> it would be done slower. Let's get Tucker Dixon on it. He seems to be able to get some shit I done. I love that guy. All right. Uh, shout out to Alex. Shout out to Tucker Dixon. Shout out to McBride. Thank you guys for all your help. Yes. We'll be back next week. Remember, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia. You had to say to yourself, this guy is really whacked. Stupid, you know. <laughs> May your enemies be cursed in your podcast adventures.